Entrepreneur on Fire 1069. Firing people is not a homicide. Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to EO Fire, where I chat with inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. Ready to rock your own webinar? Text webinar course to 33444. That's webinar course, all one word, no spaces, to 33444. And you'll be rocking our free 10 day webinar course like a champ. Ignite. As a business owner, your company is only as good as the people you hire. ZipRecruiter can help, and today you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Visit ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. The key to growing any business successfully is to expand your online presence, and it starts with your website. Get started today at HostGator.com by using promo code FIRE and the number 30. Entrepreneurs, near and far, John Lee Doom is here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Tim Fargo. Tim, are you prepared to ignite? John, let's burn it up. Tim is a two-time Inc. 500 winner, the founder of Tweet Jukebox, and the author of Alphabet Success. He's a citizen of three countries and a resident of four continents. And Tim, take a minute to fill in some gaps in that intro and give us just a little glimpse of your personal life. Well, John, um, I'm a husband. Um, I'm a father of teenage triplets, which is mm. probably <laughs> one of my most noteworthy accomplishments. I'm still alive. Yep. Um, won the Inc. 500 a couple times. Um, you know, and I think actually for the audience, I mean, I, I think one of the things that's really important, I'm just another dude. You know, I mean, like there's, it's great to have all these kind of like things that I've done. But I think sometimes, you know, I don't, I don't like it when it sounds like somebody's like come so far that it's like unattainable because it wasn't so long ago I was scraping around, you know, in college looking around for change in the floorboards of my car. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I went through that. So don't think, you know, I'm not imparted with the special powers or anything. Yeah, I love that you say that because I get emails all the time where people are like, John, what does it take to get an entrepreneur on fire? Like, how awesome do I have to be? And I'm like, you know, honestly... You got to be a dude or a dudette. You know, you just have to be somebody that's been there, done that, that's willing to tell a real story, that's, you know, willing to be honest, open, and just transparent about what you have going on. So, Tim, you fit all those requirements. Plus, you've had some pretty amazing success as well, which we're going to talk about. But before we get into that, let's just picture you at a networking party. Someone walks up to you and they say, Tim, what exactly do you do? How do you respond to that in 10 seconds? I would tell them I help people manage their social media content, um, and I do that through software at the moment. What's your feelings on SaaS currently, like the software as a service? Well, that's actually what it is. I mean, but if I'm at a cocktail party and I say software as a service, <laughs> I don't want to be alone, John. Yeah, they're spilling a drink on you at that point. <laughs> exactly. So, or maybe on themselves being like, oops, I spilled a drink on myself. I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> So Tim, let's dive into the stories because you've had some stories. You've had some ups, some downs. You've had some great times, some not so great times. But I want to talk about the worst moments that you've experienced entrepreneurially thus far in your life. So take us there, Tim. Tell us that story. Well, it's not precisely entrepreneurial, but it's certainly the entrepreneurial journey that got me there. Um, And it was the Orange County Federal Courthouse. um, And I was there for my bankruptcy hearing in 1991. Mm. Um, And (laughs) 
You know, it's interesting because I suppose in some weird psychological way, you sort of justify like, well, I just did this and I just did that. And then suddenly you're standing in a room where it looks like a casting call for Jerry Springer. <laughs> and you realize, you know, you really did kind of step in it. Yeah. Um, so it's time to own it, man. Uh, <laughs> that was a bad, bad moment. I'm laughing about it now, but I wasn't laughing then. It was, you know, it was, it was unpleasant. And, uh, so, yeah, that was definitely – and what it was, I mean, just to outline the failure. Yeah, I kind of want to dive into, like, what got you there and then definitely get into, you know, lessons that were learned. Yeah, well, what got me there was my ego because um, I had a business and I was making money, but I wasn't making as much money as I was spending because I just thought I was such a hot shot that, well, I, you know, I'm gonna, I've got sales coming in. Everything's going great. I'm, I'm rocking it, you know. I've you know I've got the you know the world by the short hairs I mean I'm I'm taking off and you know in a lot of ways all that was true but it just <laughs> you know you math just has a tendency of just like it's the great equalizer you know you can't spend more than you make for an extended period of time without running a, um, a ground and and that's exactly what I did. Well, Tim, I actually want to challenge you here for a second because I think this would be fascinating now. There's that time that you were talking about where you were this hotshot and you thought you were this hotshot. The money was coming in the door. And the reality that I found now doing over a thousand episodes is it's not really a slow realization that things are kind of starting to come apart. Usually it's just one of those times where people just kind of open their eyes and like, what, like what, what just happened? Like I went from this hotshot to now, like I have no idea what's wrong because nothing is working. Do you remember what that moment was for you? I think it was, you know, because I was running an event marketing company. And so at the time I had a number of events going on and it, I started working, you know, with the numbers in the business. I was going through my accounting system and some financials and, and I suddenly realized I don't, I'm not going to be able to execute on these things because I don't have the cash to pull it off. You know, that's a horrible feeling because, I mean, you know, I had relationships. I mean, not not just, hey, I sold you something kind of relationships. I mean, I had relationships to these people. So, you know, once I figured that out, it was, oh, man, what am I going to do now? And uh, so that, I mean, it was that moment sitting with the financials and going, you know what? I just don't have the money to do this. And I think that was the moment where, all of a sudden, the little you know board game I was playing with myself, right. saying, "Oh yeah, everything would be great, everything would be great." And all of a sudden, hey, everything's not great, everything's not great. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit like Wiley Coyote when he goes off the cliff, and then he like he's run- he's still running, but then suddenly he yeah. looks down. There's a second that he's like, "There's no hard ground beneath me anymore." I don't think. Exactly, that was my moment. <laughs> wow, see that's fascinating, and and I know. As entrepreneurs, it's it's not hard to find yourself in that place because we are moving forward so fast. We're pivoting, we're iterating, you know, we're adjusting, we're trying new things. You know, everything sounds seems scary, everything seems new, everything seems exciting. And when you get a couple wins, you know, everything feels like you're winning. And and it, it can be scary. It can be, you know, a little disillusioning sometimes. And you find yourself there, Tim. So, you know, let's kind of wrap this up by you looking back and what do you think you could have done to avoid that or maybe in your future ventures where you haven't allowed that to to take over like what have you done like what are the lessons you can pass on to us it's so probable i mean 
I'd love to say it's this, you know, sort of monumental lesson, but I mean, it really just came down to, if you don't have it, don't spend it. And I mean, don't have it like receivables don't count. Sales orders don't count. You know when it counts? When you have the money, the check's cleared and it's in your account, that's when you've got the money. Until then, it's all speculation. No, I love that because it's a hard and fast rule. You know, there's no gray lines there. If the money is physically showing up as numbers in your bank account, the money is there. And if it's not, it's not there, Fire Nation, because the thing that we need to always be doing is extending our runway as much as possible because we don't know when that dip's going to come, when the, ec- the economy is going to shift, when something's just going to drop out from under us. We don't know when that's going to happen, but if we have that buffer because we've been doing the things that Tim was just sharing and not counting the money till it's in the door, we will have the runway to make it last when we need to, to get through those tough times when our competition is around us crumbling. And then who is going to come through as a knight in shining armor at the end that is still around and that's you. So that's my big takeaway, Tim. What do you in just maybe one sentence want to really make sure that our listeners get? I'm just going to echo what you just said and add to that. I mean, people talk about the value of persistence, but persistence only matters if you're still alive. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it, it may sound a little bit overly dramatic, but if you don't, if you just, you know, you keep that runway so that when the, you're, you have, you're in position for when other, something goes wrong, maybe with a competitor, then you have a chance to execute and, and make a win just by being in the game. But you got to stay in the game like that. Yeah, I love that. And there's a lot of quotes that go around that, you know, you can't, win the game unless you're in the fight. So stay in the fight, Fire Nation. And Tim, that obviously wasn't a great time in your life, but thank you for sharing that. But I want to shift now to a time that is, you know, maybe a little more enjoyable to talk about. And, you know, that's aha moments and epiphanies and and light bulbs that have gone on. And you've had a ton of these. I mean, we could list them out. But what do you think is one that would really resonate with our listeners and really take us to that idea, take us to that epiphany moment and tell us that story. Well, you know, it's not it's not all roses the the aha moment, but it's definitely. <laughs> I was working for another firm that did something similar to what my um, my Inc. Five Hundred business had done, and that was um, insurance investigations. So I was working in another firm, and what had happened is slowly I went from being the finance and IT guy, and then I was the finance, IT, and operations guy, and then I was the finance and IT and operations and marketing guy. Mm. So. After a while, there wasn't a whole lot of the org chart that wasn't under me. And that's where the aha came from, you know, because I'm getting more and more frustrated because I don't, I mean, I have a very, very small amount of equity and my comp compared to the other two people was, was very minuscule. Yeah. And, and I was asking for more. I mean, I, when I left, it wasn't, it wasn't a surprise. Um, but, you know, suddenly I'm, I'm driving down the road and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, why am I not doing this for myself? This is crazy because I'm, I'm already pulling the sled. So why am I, you know, I'm weighed down with all the overhead of these other people who, you know, are like shifting themselves out of the business and not doing anything. And I've tried to get them to give me more and just like stay out of my way. Um, and they didn't do that. But it, I mean, on one hand, it was a little bit of a conflict moment because, you know, like, do I stay? Do I go? Do I keep fighting? But definitely a moment where I realized, I guess a little bit, you know, because, you know, it was like gradual that I got all these different functions, like sort of transferred over to me. And so 
suddenly like a little kid on a bike, I, I realize, hey, I'm riding. There's no trading wheels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, mom, look at me. No hands. You know, I'm, like, I'm doing it, right? So that's when I really realized, like, hey, you know what? I can do this. I don't, I don't, need, you know, I don't need anyone else. I mean, I, I'm doing this on my own. So that was definitely, definitely a um, big, big moment for me. I think this is incredibly important for Fire Nation to really be absorbing here because we need to realize the power of being an apprentice, of actually learning you know, within an environment, of just not saying, you know what, I am going to find people or a company or an industry that is where I want to be, and I'm going to go learn from there. And there's actually a word for this, and it's called intrapreneur. I mean, Tim, you were an entrepreneur at the time. You were within a company. You had a safer environment. I mean, it was still entrepreneurial, but it was safer because you were within a company and you could gradually learn different skills. You didn't have to jump in and be Mr. Everything, just you doing everything. But no, you gradually took on more, learned more, and then it became clear that, hey, I know I can do this. So now you have the confidence in your back pocket as well as the skills and the contacts and now you can go forward. So Fire Nation, you can be thinking about right now, maybe you're in a situation where you are an entrepreneur and you're learning those skills and start thinking about a way, an exit plan that you can do it the right way to get out there, you know, or maybe you need to move to a job or an opportunity that puts you as an entrepreneur until you can jump out and be that entrepreneur. So that's my big takeaway, Tim. What do you really want to make sure Fire Nation gets? I hate to keep doing this because I'm going to agree with you again. It'd oh. be much more, much be much more interesting if I had something. Yeah, play devil's say. advocate, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, one of the things I hear people all the time talking about, like jumping industries, but they don't have any experience in the other one. And I really think it's just for your own peace of mind. Go try something while you're on someone else's nickel. Yeah. You know, if you don't know the industry, go learn it and get paid for it. And like you said, you know, be an entrepreneur and get that experience because then when you get started on your own, believe me, it's very easy, as I guess I demonstrated with my earlier story, to run out of money. Um, <laughs> but, but you're a lot less likely to do it if you've, you know, you've kind of already got the, the business model or at least the underlying business, business model down. So definitely, definitely agree. I think getting some, you know, your feet wet, doing something first is huge huge, huge, so that you don't, you know, you don't have to make costly mistakes. And very often those costly mistakes are with your hard-earned savings and the hard-earned savings are your family and friends. So, Tim, what's your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur? It's, you know, it's a little bit tied to some, like one of my strengths of it's optimism for sure. You know, I mean, optimism, of course, you know, I mean, everyone thinks that's ah, great, <clears throat> but there's times where you need to sort of just, you know, like, not maybe give up on your overall goal, but you need to certainly give up on a particular idea. And I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, this is true, particularly with staff. Um, and I know I speak for many entrepreneurs when it's sort of, we always wait too long to sort of, you know, like get rid of somebody who's not working out and they're dragging the business down. But, you know, it's kind of like that hope springs eternal thing. Yeah. Um, so I'll be like, you know what? Let's just try to train them a little more. Maybe put them in a different position. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, it can be a little too optimistic like that. Yeah, optimism. You know, another word that I use that a lot is compromise when you're not using it in the right way because you're compromising on your values, on your beliefs. If, again, you're not focusing that optimism in the right direction and, and that can be with the employees that you bring on with your, your hired help. And I love going back to that phrase, hire slow 
and fire fast. I mean, the first time that you should fire somebody is the first time that you think about it. Like I've heard that before. And every single time I haven't followed that mantra, like it's bit me in the butt. So I, I just see the brilliance in that. And it's, it's just something that as entrepreneurs is never going to be easy fire nation, but something to keep in the forefront of that mind. And Tim, you said it's related, but what is your biggest strength? Unquestionably persistence. I mean, just to the point of mania. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just keep going, man. I just, you know, I don't, I need this, the smallest, tiniest sliver of feedback and I will keep going. Um, and I think it's really, really critical because not, not, you know, and again, not blind persistence where, you know, you're, you're trying to make something work that's clearly not getting traction, but, you know, looking around and like finding a way through things and around things. But, I just think there's so many people, you know, and, and you know these stories after all the interviews oh, yeah. you've done. Being there, you know, like the first couple of years and it's not great. The third year is really questionable and you're, you know, you're kind of bouncing around. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, you just take off. And of course, when people look at it later on, they're like, oh, you must have always known you were going to do so great. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, sure. Except for all those times I was up until four in the morning worried that I was going to get broke again. So let's not kind of um, sit down on this topic for too long, but I do think you bring up an interesting point because a lot of people struggle on this. And, you know, I like to point back to this book by Seth Godin, The Dip. And a lot of people only think that the book, The Dip, is about how to get through the dip and how to like just persist and persevere through the tough times. But there is another part of that book where Seth Godin really just says, you know, literally the only way to get out of a hole that you're digging in sometimes is to stop digging. So, you know, how do we kind of marry those two where persistence and perseverance work, period? I mean, I was an absolute bulldog for nine months, you know, not making a dollar, doing 180 interviews, you know, no break, you know, and, and not even knowing if this is going to work, but I persevered. And that brought me to success, Tim, as it has for you and a lot of your ventures. But what are your thoughts on the, the stop digging in a hole thing? You know, I'll stand by, I think it's something that Derek Siver said, and I'm probably paraphrasing, but it's something like, you know, that success comes from um, focusing on on what's working and not trying to push what's not working. And I think that little distinction, at least for me, it's like sometimes what you need to give up on is your approach. It's maybe not the overall idea or like um, that, you know, or like kind of the industry you're in, but maybe the, what you're, the way you're trying to do it is wrong. I mean, I guess you, like, you can always, the example of Instagram where they had this big program and they end up pivoting just for, like with the photograph thing. Um, and that ended up being hugely successful. I mean, if they'd persisted in saying, well, this is the software we have, you know, so we're just going to do it that way. That would have been a huge mistake because they weren't getting traction on the rest of the software. They were only getting traction on the photo piece. So to me, it's sort of, you know, you just need like, once you've put forth some effort, you know, and you just see like that, you know, nothing's moving. I mean, not even like the smallest delta, like of improvement at all then, you know, you probably need to adjust and, and move to a different approach to what you're trying to get done or, or just look at your feedback loop. And I think that's another place you can kind of go, at least for me, you can go wrong is not looking at like, you know, a lot, very often situations give us feedback, but sometimes we're so mired in like get, trying to get things done that we don't, we don't like, you know, we're not listening good enough. Um, and I think, you know, that feedback very often will tell you when 
you don't need to persist in this one particular area because it's just it's just not it's just not a good idea. It's not for whatever reason it's not working. So move on to something else. I love that because it brings you back to the story of the guys at Twitter. And a lot of people don't know that started out as a podcasting company, like back before podcasting was really anything. It hadn't oh, taken off right. yet. And they had this like little thing like, hey, how can we just message each other online, just to kind of stay in touch? And they're like, hey, this is pretty darn cool. And then they kind of put that out there in the universe and it just went crazy. And they're like, well, we're shifting all of our focus, you know, off of podcasting and onto Twitter and, and, you know, the rest is history. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, keep your eyes open and, and be willing to shift, you know, but, but keep the perseverance in place. And Tim, you have a lot of exciting things going on, but what's the one thing that has you most fired up today? I'm really, really excited about, um, with Tweet Jukebox, we actually have opened a sort of content reservoir, content store for people that are sort of influencers to put content in. And actually, we're opening up to more and more people so that people who want to share content, even for like a book promotion or they want to help somebody pro- promote their podcast or whatever it is, they can put the content in there and then another user can go into the store and load that same content. I mean, it's so oh, cool. seamless. Yeah, because it, you know a lot of times you want to help somebody out, but it's just like, I mean, if you send somebody a, like a Word document of tweets or something, say, hey, can you tweet this stuff for me? So you're going to have to like schedule it and everything else. Where here, you can just pick something out of the store, you load it into your system, you set the schedule, and it just keeps tweeting until you stop it. So um, I'm really, really pumped. A lot of people seem really excited about it. I'm, I can't wait to see how that's going to go. Well, you know, I didn't even think about it. I mean, I obviously knew that Tweet Jukebox was in the Twitter family and I and I didn't even, you know, think of my Twitter stories being the perfect segue, but it was. How cool was that? <laughs> awesome. Absolutely. And why don't you just take like uh, you know, thirty seconds to a minute just for Fire Nation before we kick into uh the lightning rounds. Give us a little uh, little rundown about Tweet Jukebox. Like w- what is it? Like who is it for? How does it uh make our lives better? It's for people that wanna share evergreen content and don't have the time um and, and honestly, I mean, even if you do have the time, you could, hopefully you've got a better way to spend it. Right. Um, I, I developed the product. It was developed for me personally. Um, be, and I wasn't ever, it wasn't ever going to be a product, but then people were interested in it, so we put it in the market. But, and it, it was because I realized that there's so many evergreen tweets, like you know, so many great interviews, for instance, that you've done you know, right. over the last couple of years that could be shared again. I mean, and the content of those interviews is still awesome today like it was when you first did it. Evergreen. Evergreen. And what's the, I mean, the point, like somebody to go and schedule that to me, the person seeing the tweet does not care a lick about how it got there. No. So by automating that, you're able to have a content stream that's going out. Cause I really do. I mean, I, you know, a lot of people say, well, you should only do like, you know, organic stuff while you're on Twitter. I just don't buy that. You know, that's assuming everyone consumes Twitter the way you do. And I don't think that's true. I think some people, it's like, I mean, it's the most massive sort of textual channel surf ever. And people are going through and they're looking for things. They may be doing hashtag surfs. So by having this content delivery going on all the time with Tweet Jukebox, it allows people to pick up different fragments of what you're about. And that's how people get turned on to your presence on Twitter is by seeing something that resonates with them. You know, But you got to have the campfire burning. Got to have a burning. And, and how I actually like to kind of explain that is, you know, I'm completely transparent. I never post 
organically within Twitter. It is all scheduled. It goes out on a very consistent level. And, you know, it's very targeted content for my listeners, for my followers. Now, I respond and have conversations organically. Like when people actually will comment on one of my tweets, I get in there and personally respond. That's where the conversation, when someone started the conversation, I'll continue it organically all the time. But that initial post, you know, that's got to be scheduled for me to have a life. Absolutely. And I think, you know, if you don't, I, I think where some people look at a tool like this and they make the mistake that they think, well, I don't need to do anything else. And I think that's missing, as you know, you pointed out. It's so important to have, to bring, to use the social part of social media. I mean, just to broadcast, you're missing out on a huge opportunity to talk to people that are interested in what you're doing. Fire Nation, tweet jukebox, think inside the box. And we're about to enter the lightning round. But before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Building your website can be tough work, but it's your home base and the key to expanding your presence online. And therefore, it's incredibly important. All the moving pieces that go into building a website, like securing your URL, getting a hosting package, choosing a theme. What if I told you you can accomplish all these things in one place? Great news. You can. HostGator.com is your one-stop destination for all website and hosting needs. Whether you already have a website or you need to get one built from scratch, HostGator is key to helping you get your online presence started. Their award-winning 24-7, 365 support via live chat, telephone, and email is unparalleled in the hosting world. Plus, they've just raised a bar by introducing their brand new optimized WordPress hosting plans. Get ready for blazing fast load times, a simple control panel, free migrations, and more. Get started with HostGator today by using promo code FIRE and the number 30. Just visit HostGator.com, enter promo code FIRE and the number 30 today today. As a business owner, your company is only as good as the people you hire, but quality candidates are hard to find, but not when you use ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter allows you to post to 100 plus job sites, plus they have an incredibly easy to use interface where you can watch new candidates roll in within just 24 hours. ZipRecruiter has been used by over 400,000 businesses, businesses just like the one Dan runs. Here's what Dan had to say about ZipRecruiter. The hardest part about running a business when you need to hire is that you have to spend extra time recruiting while you're short-staffed. But with ZipRecruiter, I've gotten quality candidates within 24 hours of posting a job. ZipRecruiter's website makes this process so much faster by letting me manage candidates in one place. Today, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Visit ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. One more time to try ZipRecruiter for free, visit ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Tim, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? I am. <laughs> what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Wow. You know, I really hope this resonates with people out there because, I mean, I grew up in a blue-collar neighborhood in Akron, Ohio. I didn't know. I mean, the close, the entrepreneur I knew, he ran the pizza shop down right. the corner. That was my, that was my exposure. More pepperonis, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Could I have more sauce on that? <laughs> uh, um, so, you know, I just didn't have a point of reference. And I think, you know, that, and that leads into so many other things that entrepreneurs go back. But, you know, for me, what was holding me back is I just, you know, I mean, I had like those snow shoveling jobs. I had those lawn mowing jobs. I delivered newspapers. I did all that stuff. But in terms of thinking of myself as a business owner, I didn't have that point of reference. And I, 
you know, if you don't have a background, you know, like a family background or like the way you were brought up, don't for a second think that sort of somehow means you can't be a member of the club. I, my, my dream job when I was in high school was to get a union job on a loading dock. Right. That was it. So, yeah. You know, it's like, hey, man, I could get a nice car, an apartment, yeah. meet some girls. Be what off else work by 4.30, get a brew. Like, it's awesome. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I, I think it was that, you know, that just that mindset that held me back. And then once I realized, like, you know, hey, I can do this too, um, you know, that made a huge difference. So, you know, for anyone that's listening, don't for a minute think wherever you came from is going to dictate where you can go. Yeah, and a little off topic, but it just came to my mind when you were talking is a Jay-Z quote. I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. Tim, what's the best advice you've ever received? You know, this goes back to something we were talking about just a little bit ago. And that is, um, it was my lawyer and um, I had an employee and they were driving me crazy. And it's really easy to let this happen when you're an entrepreneur. Um, Because, you know, the business is part of you in a way. You know, it's personal. And I was so mad. And I'm talking to my lawyer about it. He goes, Tim... Firing people is not a homicide. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, okay, okay. And he, and he actually, he, he walked me through like, make it easy for this guy to move on. Don't turn him into, you know, um, a, um, a martyr, you know, make it, you know, make it nice and smooth. It'll be better for you. It'll be better for him. You know, and honestly, that was an awesome piece of advice. Tim, what's a personal habit that contributes to your success? I think it's really, really important to daily just look at what you're doing and make sure it's actually things that will drive you towards where you're trying to go. Um, and I, because I, I find myself taking things off my list or handing them off to like a VA or something because I'll go, why am I doing this? This is so peripheral to my core mission, and it's a it's a it's a constant habit. It's like, is this? Am I going to hey, move I'm Michael the ball forward by John- doing this? And if the answer is no, then I should be redirecting my efforts somewhere else. I love that. And there's a great book by Chris Ducker called Virtual Freedom, where it really does lay out the tasks that are critical for you, the entrepreneur, to be doing, and the ones that you really need to say, hey. How can I lighten up my bandwidth in these areas so I can really do what matters for myself and my business? And Tim, do you have an internet resource like Evernote that you can share with our listeners? Actually, it's very much like Evernote. Oh, cool. It's just a lo- it's just a lot more simple. It's called <laughs> it's called it's it's so pathetically simple. I I should really apologize, but it's um, <laughs> it comes with Android. It's Keep K E E P, um, and it's sort of like Evernote Lite. Um, it's for people like me that just aren't that sophisticated. Um, but it lets, it's, it's kind of a, it's like post-it notes, but with a, but with quite a bit more functionality, but not nearly as robust, um, as Evernote. But I really find that's beneficial. Like, like if I'm on the treadmill or something, I'll slow down and I'll like write a note to myself on there and and put a little reminder um, on it. So that for me, it's, it's real basic. It's no technological marvel, but it does what I need it to do, which is keep my brain in the game. Well, Tim, you and I are brothers from another mother because it, it's it's really funny because when I started doing Entrepreneur on Fire, you know, now over a thousand episodes ago, 
the answer to this question just kept being Evernote, Evernote, Evernote. And so like I just had to put like Evernote in here just so people would stop saying Evernote every single time, even though I had never used Evernote. And still to this day, I have never used Evernote because it seems too complicated for me. I don't even want to, don't even want to try it. Don't feel like I have a need for it. But you know, because I say that with every single question, People just assume that I'm this massive lover of Evernote, and I've never used it. <laughs> I go on my walks every morning with a pad of paper and a pen. Like Android Keep is actually kind of advanced for me right now. <laughs> hey, there's nothing. You know, I actually I find I write a lot of my stuff out. Like when yeah. I was actually when I was getting prepared for this interview. I mean, everything I do, I, it's a memory device for me. If I, I mean, I can type stuff into a system, but I mean, writing things down for me with you know the the antiquated um, paper right. and and pencil is like magical for me. Huge. Now, Tim, Alphabet Success, great book by yourself. And if you could recommend one book to join Alphabet Success on our bookshelves, what would it be and why? I read this book a long time ago by a turnaround guy named John Imlay, and the book is called Jungle Rules. Jungle Rules, and. Um, the reason I recommend that book, he goes into this just failing software business and they rip this place to shreds. And it might sound like a really bad story, like why I'm an entrepreneur, <laughs> why would I want to read that? But you know, it really gets into the nuts and bolts of because you know, you may encounter a situation where, you know, the tide turns, something happens. You need part of your pivot means, you know, to reduce staff. I mean, that's not necessarily like, ooh, that's a positive message. But like they got rid of 700 people in like a day. Wow. But they cut to the bone just like he said, we're going to cut as deep as we can go and we're not cutting again. But there's a million little lessons in there for anyone that's doing business. That I, I mean, honest to gosh, that book for me is just – I mean, I get goosebumps when I think about it because it's just – it's so spot on. There's no like little fairy dust formulas. <laughs> this guy's this guy's in the dirt, man. He's living it. Mm. So it's it's a great book. Well, Fire Nation, I know you love audio, so I teamed up with audiobooks. And if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook for free at eofirebook.com. And Tim, this is the last question of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and five Benjamins. What would you do in the next seven days? You know, this might sound crazy, but I'd get a hold of a talent agent and I would sell my story. I would sell my story. I would sell someone exclusive rights to that story and see, I'd get, I'd go get a book and a movie deal. <laughs> hey, I just, I just, hey, this guy, I'm the guy from earth, right? You know, and I mean, that's gotta be, I don't know what in this new world, I don't know what the equivalent of the national Enquirer is, but for sure they got to have room on the cover. Well, yeah, it's the national Enquirer because it's identical to earth. So you're square. Oh, you, you are, you are all set. I love it. <laughs> And Tim, we started on fire, so let's end on fire with you sharing a parting piece of guidance, the best way we can connect with you, then we'll say goodbye. I would say there's three things for me, and one is, whatever you do, try. Stop thinking about it, try. Learn from your mistakes, because you're going to make some, and three, stay in the game. Um, I think <laughs> sounds like three really basic things, but just that, I mean, to get going as an entrepreneur, the That'll do it. 
doesn't have to be uh, rocket science. Um, to get a hold of me um, is really, really simple. Um, of course, there's tweetjukebox.com. Um, you can find me loitering in that general vicinity. <laughs> um, and also, um, I'm available um, for anyone. My email address is tim at tweetjukebox.com. And it's funny because a lot of people just don't take you up on this. If you have a question, whatever, you try the software, you got a comment, um, a complaint, even, you know, whatever, that's fine. Just uh, or suggestions, let me know. Tim at tweetjukebox.com. And lastly, um, as an offer to uh, your audience for graciously listening to me for uh, this episode, um, I want to offer a, a free copy of my book, Alphabet Success. Oh, wow. And that's going to be available at tweetjukebox.com backslash fire. Fire Nation. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You've been hanging out with Timothy and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Tim in the search bar. His show notes page will pop right up with everything that we've been talking about today. His book, resource recommendation, all the great goodness that we've been talking about. He threw down a challenge, Fire Nation, that nobody does this. And I want you to prove him wrong, that you are an active audience, active listeners. Tim at tweetjukebox.com. Shoot him an email. Just say hi. Just say thank you. Ask him a question if you have one. He's there for you. And of course, your gift, tweetjukebox.com slash fire, his book, Alphabet Success. That'll be on the show notes page as well with a link there. And just check out Tweet Jukebox if you're looking for a solution to your Twitter woes. And Tim, I want to thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. John, thanks so much for having me on. Let's burn it up, man. Fire Nation, thank you for joining us on EO Fire. Visit eofire.com for links to everything we chatted about today, killer resources, free trainings, and so much more. Are you subscribed to our Fire Nation newsletter? Why the heck not? Text EOFIRE to 33444. That's EOFIRE, all one word, no spaces, to 33444, and you'll receive value bombs galore. Today is your day, Fire Nation. Ignite. Ignite.